What's going on, everybody? We are back with the Real Bodybuilding Podcast, episode number 17, and we took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Luke Sandow has been uh, busy with the Olympia, and uh, I was doing some uh, cottage stuff last week, so I took a week off kind of. So I apologize for that, but we're back, and I got a special guest that I have uh, been wanting to talk to. Um, Mr. Branch Warren, why don't you say hello? What's up, Brad? How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm good, man. I'm glad to have you. We, uh, we, you came down to guest pose at my show, um, about a month ago or actually back in May now, mm-hmm. back in May. And, uh, we talked about politics for three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't very much, uh, we talked a little bit of bodybuilding, but it was more politics. I was trying to make you a liberal and you were trying to make me a conservative and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Seth was there too. And we had, uh, you guys kind of double team me and I think I'm a, I'm more conservative now than I've ever been. So <laughs> there's uh, hope. Yeah, there's hope. Now, you know, you know, the best part about that was, you know, today, uh, I think it's the same way in Canada is, is in the States is, um, people, if people have a difference of opinion, they like demonize each other, yeah. you know? And I think that's, that was the best part of that. I think that whole conversation we had over the weekend was, you know, we, yeah, we have different viewpoints, but at the end of the day, we're still cool. We worked out together, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's the biggest, my biggest complaint with the, the current political environment is people are so polarized and, and far apart on their views. There's no tolerance for a difference of opinion. Yeah. And that's not healthy for anything. I, uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't, I don't really care that people have a different opinion. I care when they go off the rails and they can't, uh, express express their opinion in a respectful way and i think mm-hmm. it doesn't just go for politics it goes for bodybuilding too i mean when you read some of the comments on like uh if you post a workout or if you post a, like i post a food video on my youtube or something and the comments are just like well that workout sucks and that food sucks and that thing sucks and you kind of wonder you kind of wonder like why can't these people understand that there are different things that work for different people and we can just kind of respect uh, each other's like opinions on how things work. hundred percent. You know, I get criticized forever, you know, about, you know, how I train, but I'm like, you know what guys, I didn't say you should train like that. I said, that's how I train. That's what works for me. And can't deny the results that I had. And um, you know, I don't criticize you ever hear me criticizing somebody else's training method. No, No, I've never. Yeah, no, it's funny. when I was younger, I used to look at that and go, I, I, I never looked at you or Ronnie or anybody else and had those kind of thoughts because obviously it was working. But I always thought that, well, your form had to be this way or that way. And as I've gotten, I think it's kind of, it's a little bit of a maturity thing too. I think as you get older, you kind of look and go, okay, well, maybe that works for him. Maybe he's found a way that that works for him. So how much when you started, there wasn't social media and all this stuff. How much does social media bother you when it comes to like your training styles and stuff like that? Social media has changed everything. It's changed everything in bodybuilding. It's changed business. Um, I mean, it's, it's changed, I think human habits, you know, I mean, um, it's been the most powerful invention probably in the past hundred years. Um, and it's continued to change, change society. So how does it bother me? You know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, my generation, we came up through bodybuilding. We hit it perfect as far as being, you know, financially, for, you know, everything is being bodybuilders because yeah. the supplement companies were doing great. You got magazine contracts, you had all this stuff. It was great. It was a great time to be a pro bodybuilder, especially if you were able to get to the top. Uh, now, 
social media changed everything. Magazines don't exist, basically. Uh, supplement companies, uh, they pay, you know, these influencers, you know, more than they pay the top pros for yeah. the most part. Maybe look, and um, so you're getting people that's never really accomplished anything, but they have a great following or they have, you know, their, their people support them online. So, you know, I'm not hating on them. No power to them. They're making money, but yeah. it's just, you know, just being a top bodybuilder is not enough anymore. And as far as the training aspect goes, the problem I have is people can like on the, it all started with the forums back in the day on MD and um, you know, Steve, Steve Blakeman who you know, runs MD. He said, Hey man, why don't you ever on the forums? And I was like, because I said, you know what? When I post something, I have my picture and my name by my comment. I said, the problem is these people can go on there. I'm all for free speech. You should be able to say whatever you want to say. I believe that hundred mm-hmm. percent. However, I think you should also be held accountable for what you say. And you, you know, if you're going to say and go out and trash somebody, you need to have you, you know, you need to be, have your picture and your name next to it because that same person is trashing me online saying horrible, nasty things. Also be the same person standing in line to get my, take a picture with me and get an autograph at this expo, yeah. you know? So um, th- that's where I, I didn't like it because you could have some 12 year old kid who's sitting in his mama's basement, jacking off to the Victoria's Secret catalog <laughs> online talking like he's some kind of, you know, super guru expert trashing yeah. how I train, yeah. you know, and I, I was winning championships when he was still sucking on his mama's titty. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's the problem I have with it. No. And it's, uh, it's interesting because anybody who's actually seen you train, I don't think would ever say a word because it's one thing to watch something online, but I've seen you train in the gym and I always tell people the story of, uh, and I, I think I reminded you of this story when you were down with the, of you starting with four guys we were at Metroflex. Okay, for those of you guys, I'm going to tell the story. So we're at Metroflex doing a photo shoot. And after the Europa, right? I think Dallas, so, yeah. 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 Right. And um, we're doing a photo shoot, and Branch walks in with four guys, and they start training. And I swear to God, as I'm doing a photo shoot, I keep looking over at their training session, and he's missing a guy at one point. Then he's, <laughs> he's missing two guys. Then he's missing three guys. And by the end of the workout, it's him and uh, – their taller friend there, the Matt. Of Matt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. By the end of the workout, it's him and Matt, and that's it. And I'm sorry, man. You can talk about training hard. You can you can do whatever you want, but I've never seen guys just fall off like that. So, and I mean, it's not. Listen, regardless of whether people think it's like oh, full range or not, it's more about the feel anyway. If that's for, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. 100. percent You know the thing about I, I did powerlifting. I did a lot of powerlifting when I was younger, and they judge you on your form. You know, if you're doing a bench press and a meet, you know, you've got to come down, touch your chest, pause, wait for the press command, lock it up. You know, you've got to keep your feet on the ground, keep your butt on the bench, and lock it out, and because that's what you're being judged on. In bodybuilding, nobody cares what your squat or your bench form looks like when you're on stage. They care how you look. They don't care how much you lift either. Mm-hmm. All bodybuilding is is taking lifting a weight, working that muscle, get as much blood into it as you can. We're going to failure, rest, and repeat. Yeah. That's all it is. So, and if, if I got to cheat a little bit to get a few extra reps so I can get more blood in there and yeah. go beyond failure, so be it. Yeah. Have you ever felt, are you one of these people that doesn't believe in overtraining? No, I think you can overtrain. I think it's very hard. I think if, um, I think if you're getting proper nutrition, proper supplementation, and plenty of rest, I think it makes it very hard to overtrain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can still do it, if, especially if you're lacking in one of those those areas. But, um, I mean, when I first started, I trained, you know, just like Ronnie did. Um, yeah. We trained, I trained six days a week. I trained everybody part twice a week. I trained my whole body in three days and then repeated it. Yeah. I took one day off. Yeah. Uh, when I cut back to four or five days a week, I got bigger and stronger faster than ever. Yeah. So, because um, I realized that rest and recovery is paramount. 
So you were overtraining. So you do feel because I, I, I think I think so. And um, you know, I, for me, yes. For Ronnie, he, well, he never changed. He did this whole career, and it works for him. And yeah. once again, I've never criticized it. No, it worked for him. You can't deny the results. And um, you know, for me, yeah, it uh, I think it was too much. And once I cut back to everybody part once a week, and gave myself you know two or three rest days every week, yeah. then I really started to grow and make improvement. Yeah, that's one thing people don't understand about overtraining either. It's not a finite. It's not a finite thing. It's different for every single person. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Ronnie can go two days, twice a day, six days a week with heavy, heavy poundages and he's fine. But for the average person or for other people, it's not going to work. Correct. So, so what's going on right now? Are you, are, I, I'm sorry if I don't know, but are you officially retired or are you not retired or taking a break or what's going on? I'm retired. Uh, it's been, you know, I guess March of 2016 was the last time I stepped on stage okay. with the Arnold and, um, haven't done a show since then. I've, I've tossed around maybe coming back, you know, that, especially that first year. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just, uh, I'm good with it. Um, I did everything I could do and yeah. I accomplished every goal I had, you know, I won everything in the world except for the Olympia yeah. and, uh, I have no regrets. You know, I think if you give a hundred percent and you look back and, you know, I thought, okay, what could I have done differently? Could I mm-hmm. train harder, train, done this, done that. I did everything I knew to do and I couldn't have done any more. And, uh, I'm at peace with it. Um, I had a good career. I got to live my dream. And, uh, I mean, I know, you know, we talked, I know from a very young age, you want to be a pro bodybuilder yeah. and you get, you, you had the opportunity to live that dream, make it a reality. So, um, I got to do the same and, uh, you know, I moved on now with business and that being said, I'm still very much involved in it. I promote several contests. You know, I just got back from a, a tour in China. Uh, I did a tour in Europe early in the year. You know, I'm going back to Europe next week and, so I'm still very much involved with it, but, um, you know, it, it overlaps with my business, you know, yeah. so, um, and, um, trying to give a little bit back because it's to a sport that's given me so much. Yeah. Can I ask you, I have a couple questions out of what you just said. So first, uh, they're kind of both long. I hope I can remember both. I'm going to write one down. Um, what, uh, okay. What was your placing at the last Arnold? Uh, I think it was fifth. Was that, was that why you retired? You're like, I don't, you know, this is a show I'm used to winning and I'm not, I don't, I'm not competing at the level I want to compete at anymore. Or what was it? Was it something else? Um, combination of those things. Um, you know, I turned 41, I think the week of the Arnold and, uh, I never, I intended on being retired by 38, you know, mm-hmm. at 38, I was just kind of still in my peak. So, um, I just kept going. I was having fun. I loved it. And I love, you know, I love training and I love competing. Um, so it, it, you know, the year before I almost won the Arnold and I got second to Dexter and I, I thought I was going to win actually. Yeah. Uh, I think that's only the second time in my career that I thought I was going to win a contest. and I didn't, yeah. uh, that being said, you know, Dexter looked great. And, uh, you know, I was the first one to congratulate him, man. Uh, but, uh, it was a close contest and I still thought I could, I should have won, but it's cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we always think that, right. Yeah. So, um, that's just that champion mindset. But, uh, you know, for the, this 2016, uh, I, I think I just gotten, I can't remember my place in fifth or something at the Olympia in 15. So yeah. um, I went to got ready for the Arnold and I, the whole time I'm training, it was a struggle. I was doing everything. You know, we had always done it and my body just wasn't looking the, the same. You mean it was, uh, was it a struggle just because the way you're looking or was it painful? Like were you having aches and pains or uh, not really painful? Uh, of course we always have aches and pains. Yeah. I mean, show me a pro bodybuilder that ain't got aches and pains. Yeah. I mean, all of us, that's just nature of the sport, Yeah. Um, but nothing, nothing severe out of the ordinary. So, um, it's just my body wouldn't respond. And, um, you know, I think age gets everybody sooner or later. I mean, Ronnie lost. I mean, he just, I think Ronnie lost to, to Jay because he just got old. 
yeah. you know, age got him, you know, I mean, yeah. And was, wasn't he like 45 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, in his forties. And I yeah. think, you know, age finally just caught up to him. And, um, that's why Jay beat him and uh, no disrespect to Jay or anybody else. It's just the way it is. And, um, you know, with me, it, um, it just wouldn't happen, you know, and, uh, I got fell from, you know, I go from winning the show and being first and second, uh, pretty regular basis to, um, I felt a fifth. I got beat by a bunch of young guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, I didn't know that was going to be my last show after the show. I, um, I mean, I went to the room, I talked to Trish and I said, I think this is it. You yeah. know, I said, I want to go out on my terms. I still want to be one of the top guys and I don't want to hang around and, you know, fall way down and kind of get forced out, you know? So yeah. I think that hurts your, hurts your legacy. And yeah. we've all seen athletes in other sports and even our sport, they stay around a little too long and they go from being the top to falling down. I mean, I'm going to use Ronnie's example. Ronnie yeah. was the greatest ever. Then he came back, got fourth and it just kept getting worse and worse. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it had been, I was just kind of cringing a little bit. So I was like, dude, Ronnie, man, just be done, bro. You ain't got, <laughs> you ain't got nothing to prove, bro. Yeah. yeah. Ain't nobody going to beat you. It's hard. And same, same thing in saying that though, it's hard to tell somebody to walk, to walk away when they, when they're enjoying it. It's, you know, cause inside I still had that same fire and driving me. Yeah. To, always did i mean it, but you got to be realistic and look at your physique and yeah. say all right my body I'm, I'm 41 now it ain't my body's not reacting the way it always has i'm yeah. not looking the same even though i'm doing everything humanly possible to get the same results it's not happening yeah. and yeah. i'm going to start to go in reverse a little bit and um so you've got to make a hard decision okay do i want to continue and you know suffer the consequences or do i want to exit on my terms and go out while you're still uh, one of the top guys and that's the decision I made. Look, fortunately I was in a position where, you know, I, I knew, I knew from Thomas 38, 39 that, you know, I wasn't going to compete that much longer. So I was yeah. in a good position where I could step away and you know move on, start another chapter of my life. How many shows do you think, <laughs> I don't know if you want to answer this, but how many shows do you think you should have won that you didn't win? <laughs> because <laughs> like no like okay anybody who's had a long enough career has a few of those moments where they're like i know i won that show i know i won that show but for whatever circumstance i didn't get it um i like i can think of two or three on my own right so do you have a few like one or two like you said you, you thought you'd be dexter do you have a couple others in your head that stick out that are like, I, I think I know I won that show. Oh, for sure. Um, I think the, another show I thought I should have won was uh, in 06. It was the uh, San Francisco pro San Jose pro. I forget what it was called. Uh, it was uh, a week. I think after the, I just got second at the Arnold classic. And um, I think Dexter won that year. And um, which was fair. It was, you know, yeah. I was, I was good with second you know, cause that was my yeah. first big show. And um, you know, I, I I was good with that. And uh, I went to the, that show the next week and uh, I looked the same and yeah. I got second to uh, Gustavo. He beat me. And okay. uh, I was like, to this day, I still think I should have won. <laughs> you know, it was a small little show, man, you know, not a lot of money, but it don't matter. It ain't about the money and all that. It's about winning the show. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was so pissed. I mean, I, I, I left and I, of course, you know, I never, I never act like that on stage, man. But I got, my no. I was so mad. So I, mean, I should have won that fucking show. <laughs> and, <laughs> and fast forward. How many years is it now? I'm still like, I should have won that show. I know. But, um, I know. That's, I think uh, the other one, the other one was um, the most bitter sweet moment ever was at Oh, Olympia, you know, the J. Um, yeah. You know, Jay, Jay came back his all-time best. I think it's his lightest body weight yeah. at the Olympia ever. Um, yeah. You know, I came in at my all-time best. And, um, 
you know, I was better conditioned than him. He was bigger. Yep. And, you know, I, um, it's just one of those things that uh, I thought I could do it. I wanted to do it. Is that a show? Is that a show that you think you won or is that a show that you think was just too close to call and they gave it to him because he's Jay or do you think he really really beat you? I lost for one reason. He's bigger. He's taller. Yeah. That's it. I mean, uh, you know, if, if I was three or four inches taller, yeah, I would have won. Yeah. Um, but you know, the Olympia, I mean, the Olympia is about being massive. Yeah. And, um, you know, unless, um, you know, for somebody like when Dexter won it the year before, Jay was way off. Oh yeah. And there was I someone was, else that. That was the year I did so, it. I was there. I yeah. remember seeing, I remember and, uh, seeing that. Jay he, uh, it was fair. And, um, you know, if, um, if I was five foot 10 instead of five, seven, you know, it would have been a different, different story, I think. But, uh, that's yeah. what it is. That was a tough one. I remember watching that show. I remember watching, I was watching that show on TV. I wasn't there. And I was like, this is close. I'm like, it's actually really close. I'm like, Branch Warren could win this show. And for me, it was one of those, I could, I didn't see a clear winner. Jay was at his best, but I thought you were at your best also. And I was like, this could go either way. I'm like, it really could. Now I was in my best condition. My, at that point, the heaviest body weight I'd have been at. And, uh, yeah. you know, just everything, some of those, you know, everything just came together for me. And, um, I didn't uh, going into it. I didn't know where I was going to be, but I knew I, I was going to do good. I just didn't know nowhere. And as the show wore on, I'm like, nah, I could actually. It's one of those things. As the show, the prejudging wore on, and then by the night show, I was like, I was like, nah, I could actually win this thing. Yeah. And um, let me uh, ask. Let me ask you this. This is a maybe a tougher question that I don't know if you want to answer, but I have I have lost shows, and then you know after the show. You congratulate whoever it is on stage. You go back to your room. You have your feelings. You get over it. Sunday comes around or Monday comes around. You're back in the gym and you're just crushing it, right? It's just, mm-hmm. you just get back to work. Mm-hmm. But I noticed like one, one time that happened to me, I noticed like four or five weeks later, I was still angry about it, but I didn't know I was angry about it. It kind of just hit me like a ways down a month or two down the road. I was like, fuck, I should have won that show. I'm like, things would be so different for me right now if, if I had won that show. And if I think about you taking second at the Olympia, I think to myself, did you ever have thoughts like that? Because think about the trajectory of your career had you won that show. Like, did you ever think like that? Or did you just think it, it's, it is what it is? And I, I never thought sure. about this. I never thought that deep on it. I think about what my career would have been like had I won it. Um, angry, yeah. Man, I, I think I trained angry for 20 years, brother. I mean, not one. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I hated losing, man. I hated to lose. Yeah. And when I would lose a contest, all I want to do was go back to to my dirty little nasty gym called Metroflex and start training. And that's I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to travel. I didn't want to do appearances. All I want to do was stay in focus. However, the, you know, you got to travel. You know, had enough common sense to realize, you know, you're a pro athlete, so you got to get out and get to work. And I'm, yeah. No, I'm never afraid of to work, but um. Yeah, I, I took and I, I was really good at taking negatives in my career and in my life and turn them into positives. You know, when I won that loss, got second to Olympia, I think that was the most motivated I had been in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, because this dream I'd had since I was a young boy, I was like that close to making it happen. And yeah. second place in, in, in the Olympia is the worst place in bodybuilding. I know. And, uh, I agree with you. It, it is the worst place. Yeah. And uh, I would, it's better to get freaking fifth yeah. than second. Yeah. Um, and, um, so I went back and I trained like a fucking madman, you know, the whole year. And, um, 
you know, consequently I ended up winning a couple of Arnold's because of it. And so a lot of other shows, but, um, and I never, never brought the O home, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, um, even when I would win, I never, I never took time to enjoy it. I remember winning my first Arnold classic and, um, you know, we, we celebrated that night the next day. I was like, I was over it, man. All yeah. I want to do was go home. I had some responsibilities, had to do some shoots and things like that. Yeah. All I could think about was I want to get on the freaking plane and go home and start training for, for the Olympia. And, do, you um, think, do you think that's one of our faults though? Because I've been there too. I mean, not that I've, not that I've won Arnold's. I'm not going to say that, but I've had some uh, accomplishments in my life, in my career that I was proud of. And <laughs> you don't really, you don't really take a minute and stop and enjoy it and like celebrate it. You just kind of like, okay, fuck it. It's over. No, that's, that's what drives you to be better. I think it's the same thing as if you ever, I bet your entire career, you've never looked in the mirror and been like, damn, I look awesome. <laughs> well, never happened. I have, but like it only lasts like an hour. And then like after that, <laughs> <laughs> because if you do and you, and you actually believe yeah. it, yeah, no. done. And, um, <laughs> no. and I never did that. I never, um, I never looked at a picture of myself or looked at myself in the mirror and was like, down like, get out, look at myself. And I start getting irritated. I'm yeah. like, all right, man, I need to bring this up. I don't look like this. And I just get, I start getting irritated yeah. uh, with it. And uh, I remember that Arnold, the 2011 Arnold, I looked at the pictures the next day and I started getting irritated. I quit yeah. looking at them. Yeah. And uh, so I just picked myself apart. But because of that, that's what pushed me to train the way I did, to be as strict on my diet as I was and all these things to be better. I had this mental image that I was trying to get to. Yeah. I never got there. And because um, I, I, I raised the bar so impossibly high, I don't yeah. think it's humanly possible to get there. And uh, it wasn't until I was retired for a couple of years that I actually looked back on some videos and pictures. I was like, damn, I looked okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was, uh, it, it took being away from it for a couple of years before I would, uh, I, I could do that. Cause I think when you, you compete and uh, yeah. as a professional bodybuilder, your whole idea and image of what looks good gets skewed. Yeah. And I thought, you know, what we think looks good and you know, what we think looks badass is sometimes not, I don't think you're even grounded in reality. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think, um, I think, the, like you said, the minute you're too too proud of what you've done, you kind of like start fading a bit. And I think, um, I think it means the same thing in business. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know very many business owners that are successful that just are like, yeah, I did it. I'm there. It's like they're always trying to get more. And it's not out of greed. It's because they're trying to like, they're just trying to keep that fire going. You know what I mean? It's kind of like. My, my partner in Wicked Cuts, uh, Scott James. Uh, you know, he was uh, the original founder and owner of BSM. Okay. And, uh, you know, we started, you know, Wiki Cuts, and he's the same way. He he works, you know, the same way I worked out and trained for competitions. I mean, he's, he just wants to be successful. He loves to work, and he's he's never satisfied. He wants to be be the best. And um, and um, I totally respect that, and I understand that mentality because I have the same, same mentality. Yeah. It's good that you're able to look because people would think that it was a – uh, mental disorder if we weren't ever to able to look back and go, wow, I look good. Like it's good that you're able to look back now that you're out of the fire. Yeah. You can look back and say, okay, that, you know what, that was a good, that was a good look. It was a good career. It was a good, whatever. But um, I don't think a lot of people understand that during, because I, th- I think people are more, especially nowadays, people are more about feeling good and feeling accepted and only be positive and always be positive And, I'm kind of like you, man. It was like the negative that drove me. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Whether it was an injury, bad contest placing, or whatever it was, it was uh, I could take those negatives and make them into positives. Yeah. And um, you know, when I I got had a couple bad injuries and um, you know, people write me off, and I took all that negativity, and I, I was on a mission to prove number one to myself I could overcome it, and number two to show all them 
that I wasn't done. And, um, so how, how I was talking to Evan about this. How did you come back from quad, a quad tear in six months and win the Olympia? I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. I have, I have a close friend who tore to, uh, both his quads and then me and Evan, me and Evan were talking about it. It's been two years for Evan. He said he still feels pains and stuff. Man, I, um, I think if you're, if you're, if you're motivated enough and you want something bad enough, then, uh, you, you know, you can overcome anything. Um, sometimes the worst things that happen to you, sometimes the things you think are like the worst things that could possibly happen to you in your life, trying to be blessings. Um, and so what I mean by that is I tore my quad off the bone 30 days before the 2011 Mr. Olympia. I just won, you know, been second, third at the Olympia, won my first Arnold. And, uh, and I was in, I was training for that show when I was, I, I was super psyched because I looked better than I did 30 days out from the 29, the 09 Olympia. I was a couple pounds heavier. I was harder. I never looked that good that far out. And, um, uh, walked out of a building that was raining, slipped off the curb, right quad just popped and rolled up. Yeah. And, um, I'm laying there and I was out of town. I never traveled. I was doing a favor to a, to a judge at a show or something. And, um, yeah. I never traveled, you know, a couple months before the show. I'm laying there in the rain going, really, this is how it's all going to end. <laughs> I knew what I did. And, uh, you know, so uh, I'm like, this is how I'm going to go out like this right now. And, um, I flew home that I called my wife and I said, Hey, give me a, a ticket home tonight. And, you know, luckily I'm, I'm personal friends with my surgeon. Yeah. And, um, I called him on his cell phone and he answered the phone. He goes, what'd you do? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> it ain't good. And yeah. so I flew home that night, Sunday morning. I went to the, he came, came into the office on a Sunday examined me. He said, we'll do surgery tomorrow morning. I'm like, all right. So less than 48 hours later, I had it, had it reattached. And, um, so that was on a Monday morning. So Wednesday morning, two days post, post-op, I'm sitting on my couch, my legs, you know, I'll cast it up and propped up and I'm sitting there and, uh, laying there with my bulldog and, um, I look at my wife and I'm reading, I'm seeing all this stuff on the forums, right. And on the internet, you know, about he's done. No one's ever come back, you know, really successful from a quad injury, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I started getting pissed. I'm like, I go, who the fuck is anybody to tell, tell me I'm done. I'm like, mm. no man has right to tell another man. He can't do something mm. period, mm-hmm. period. And, um, so the more I sit there and the more I read this stuff and I, I started thinking back, man, I, I had a dream when I was a little boy and I'm like, I'm this close to freaking making it happen. And, um, I'm like, I'm not done. And, um, I sat there and read this stuff for a couple hours and finally I had enough. I turned off the computer. I looked at Trish. And I said, I'm doing the Arnold. She goes in six months. I go in six and a half months. I'm doing it. I'm going to defend my title. She goes, all right, we better start eating. And she went to <laughs> a big plate of chicken and rice and put it in my lap <laughs> and I started eating. And, um, you know, I basically never stopped training. You know, I was already in good shape 30 days after the Olympia. Yeah. And I took a couple of days off there before the surgery and stuff. And then by that Wednesday, I was right back on, on the protocol. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I showed up that next Monday, one week post-op and, uh, at the gym and I came in on crutches and Johnny's like, yo, bro, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready for the Arnold. Like, crazier <laughs> in hell. <laughs> and, uh, I remember I trained chest that day, man. I had like a really good chest workout yeah. and I went heavy as heavy, crazy. Like we always do. Yep. And, um, I just started training, man. And, you know, it was six weeks before I could even start doing anything. Yeah. And, um, I remember I went to Brian at Metroflex and I was like, Hey man, I need your help on this one. You know, I said, I, I need some help on getting this back. And, uh, he told me how we were going to do it. And I never questioned him ever. Yeah. You know, he, 
He trained what all was what was such a, what was so special about his strategy? He wanted to train train my legs normal, just like if I wasn't injured. And okay. I wanted to like do some a lot of you know isolation stuff, you know, just to focus on on that. And he said, "No, nah, we don't need to do it that way." And um, he goes, "You, you got to go through rehab. You got to get full range of motion back." He goes, "Then once we get that back, then we're going to do it this way." And, but didn't, um, but sorry, wait, didn't you? I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just didn't you think to see like an actual physiotherapist, or do you just trust Brian that much? Man, I went to one physical therapy session, and you know, if I was a 75 year old grandma, it probably would have been good. But the physical therapist looked at me and she goes, you're not getting anything out of this. Are you? I go, no, she goes, you just want to do it yourself. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And, um, so that's, I did it myself. And, um, so uh, of course, you know, I'm on the, the accelerated branch program. I'm not on the yeah. doctor's program. And uh, he, told right. me a bit, he told me a big year before I could even think about, you know, training hard and getting ready for, even thinking about getting ready for a show. Yeah. And, um, I'm thinking, nah, dude, six and a half months, I'm going to win again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, isn't it crazy head. isn't it crazy when the doctor this is how this is how my fucking this is how messed up i am in my head when the doctor when i tore my tricep doctor gives you a time mm-hmm. when you're going to be normal again and immediately i'm like f that like immediately yeah. it becomes a game like okay mm-hmm. he said he said one year i'm gonna make it four months like yeah. that's it's kind of yeah. so did you play that game with yourself like okay this is yeah, that, or, that's, or was it more about the Arnold or was it more just about proving everybody wrong? Two things. When he told me that, only thing I want to know, I'm like, how long does it take for that tendon to reattach itself 100% to the bone? Yeah. I go, that, that's all I need to know. Yeah. And he said, you need at least six weeks for that. He goes, no sooner. I'm like, all right, because I knew if, if the tendon wasn't reattached, it was going to tear loose again. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, all right. And so that, that's all I need to worry. All, all, that's all I need to know. Once I knew that, I'm like, I got it. And um. Then, then on top of that, it was, I want to win the Arnold again. And I want to prove, to, well, first, first and foremost, I want to prove to myself I could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is a potentially career-ending injury. I mean, everyone who's had that injury is, is probably, they've either been out for a long time or if they came back, they've never really been 100%. And I don't know if they even came back at all. Yeah. And I want to prove, prove to the world I wasn't done. And I, when I retired, it was going to be on my terms. Mm-hmm. And I was not going to let any event or anybody you know, push me into retirement. So, um, and I'm like, I wasn't, I wasn't done. You know, it's like when I retired in three years ago, I'm like, I knew I was like, this is it. But I'm at the time I'm like, I'm not done. I'm like, I got a whole lot more than me. And, um, so I went to work and I went through hell, brother. I mean, mm-hmm. I was doing stuff I probably shouldn't have been doing for eight or nine months, and, um, <laughs> you know, but I didn't give a damn. I remember that my first like leg workout, I had 145 plate on one side of the leg press. And I barely did 10 reps. Yeah. I'm, I'm shaking like a school yeah. girl on prom night. And, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, it, I was and I did it. I barely got 10 and I racked it. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm just like raging. I'm so mad. And I'm yeah. like, and Brian's like, you know, of course he, he's the ultimate motivator. And yeah. so, you know, he pushed me even harder than I probably would have pushed myself. And, yeah. um, I just put my faith in him and, and we trained and, um, I didn't know. I didn't know until I was 30 days out if I was going to be able to compete successfully, and um, I knew I'd be able to compete. And at 30 days out, I remember I posed after a workout. I looked in the mirror and I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. You know, I was like, I, I thought I could, but at that at 30 days out, I'm like, then I believed it. I'm like, knew it. I, I can, I can do this, and I can do it successfully. And I did it. And you know, it. Um, looking back on it, it was a blessing. Yeah. But, um, I wouldn't. I'd, I'm glad I went through it because it made me a stronger person. And the self-confidence you gain from going through something like that and overcoming it, yeah. Um, you know, I, it gave me the self-confidence. I'm like, man, I can uh, anything life comes, anything in life that comes my way, 
I believe I can overcome it. Yeah. I got a question for you about that actually is, okay. So going back to the Olympia, you said you took second and it made you angry and you were back to work. I, I, I thought of people like Victor Martinez or Nasser El Sambadi or people that have come close and like should have won, but didn't win. And it kind of like, I don't want to say it ruined them. I mean, Victor still competed after that, but his career was kind of never the same after. And uh, Nasser also, his career was never the same after. It kind of felt like he, that was his peak. Where do you get like, is there something in your childhood that, allows you to have the mental strength because everybody, everybody knows it takes physical strength and there's work ethic and all that, but there's, there's a mental aspect that a lot of people don't realize that it really is what's driving you. True strength is mental. It comes from a true strength comes from in here. If you're strong in here and you're strong up here, hmm. the outside will come. Uh, where does that, your, where does that come from for you though? Um, I think it comes from how I, how I grew up. You know, I, I had this conversation yesterday. Um, show me a pro athlete that comes from a rich family. <laughs> Any sport, it's yeah. happen. Whether yeah. it's bodybuilding, MMA, boxing, football, baseball, basketball, show me an athlete that comes from a rich family. Doesn't happen. You know, across the board, most most athletes, especially great athletes, come from very poor backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And um, I was no different. And you know, I grew up. I'm not going a bunch of detail, but I grew up really poor. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want my family, especially my children, to go through what I went through. Yeah. And so. I was bound and determined to succeed, to succeed. And, um, you know, I just, bodybuilding is what I chose. Um, I wanted to be a pro football player, but at five foot seven, I realized real early on, I ain't going to be a pro football player. How, so, how, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you skipped over a lot of detail that might be extremely interesting. How per, poor are we talking? Cause I was poor growing up too, but how poor are we talking? Um, like my mom, my mom used to make my clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, so I grew up in West Texas, right? And I'm uh, yeah. on a cattle ranch. And um, so uh, my father uh, left us when I was, uh, you know, I don't know, 13, 14. And um, so we lost our ranch and uh, we lost everything. It was mm. just me and my mom. We had a car. That okay. was it. No house, no home, no nothing. Wow. And uh, I went to work at a car wash, making extra money and uh, going to school. And we got a place and uh, we moved to the Fort Worth area. And um you know, we just, uh, I knew from, a, you know, I learned as a young, young boy, life ain't easy, man. Life ain't yeah. fair. And like I say, ain't nobody owes you a damn thing. And I found out that the hard way. Yeah. But if you work hard, you can have anything you want. And uh, I learned that too. And um, So um, that's, you know, I went to, I went to school and all that. And, um, but I discovered bodybuilding in high school and I uh, fell in with, you know, Brian and all those guys over there. And I saw Ronnie's success. And yeah. he was having, yeah. and I'm like, man, I can do this. And yeah. I, I, what appealed to me about bodybuilding, the one thing I hated about football, I love being on a team. Yeah. But if you had one guy that wasn't giving hundred percent or wasn't paying attention, we lost the game. And I used to get so angry. I'm like, man, what's wrong with this freaking people, man? I'm like, we got 10 guys out here killing it. This dude is over here with his thumb up his butt and we lose the game and a bodybuilding it's on you. Yeah. And that like really appealed to me because, you know, I saw very few people that wanted to win as bad as I did. And, you know, and plus I think a lot of it's because they didn't come from my background. You know, to me, failure wasn't an option. I had to succeed in life because I didn't have no safety net. Yeah. I didn't have nobody to help me out or nothing else. I'm helping my, my family out, yeah. you know, he's a young man. So um, yeah. I had to succeed and, and it, I wasn't going to fail. Failure was not an option. Yeah. And so I learned, you know, because of my background, I learned if you work hard, you can be successful. Mm-hmm. And so in that gym, 
you know, hard work is what everybody did. And I just took it, tried to take it to the next level. Yeah. You know, my, my theory was what I told myself early on. I beat, I beat some kids when I was, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old. And I was, I was winning open contests when I was 19, yeah. you know, Mr. Texas and things like that. Yeah. And I, the reason I won is because I worked harder than they did. Yeah. I know because some of these guys trained in the gym and I outworked them in the gym. And I realized, man, these guys are actually probably more gifted than I am. But I beat them because I out-trained them. And I was more yeah. strict on my diet and all these things. And so I learned early on, if like if you give 100% and don't let nobody outwork you, eventually you'll win. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's how it all took shape. Can I ask you about, because I, I see your videos all the time. You're always, okay, first of all, I know I know you love guns. And you love shooting. And you love doing all, like the obstacle course stuff. Um, did you ever have any aspirations to be in the military? Man, I did. Um, I was going to join the Marine Corps. Um, out of high school and, um, I didn't know, uh, you know, college, uh, I wanted to go to college. And uh, so my thing was like, I wanted, I was going to join the Marine Corps and I, uh, you know, take the GI bill thing, you know, pay for my college. Cause I'm thinking, you know, I don't have, I had good grades actually. Yeah. I had good, you know, test scores and all that. I could have got yeah. into, you know, some really good colleges and, um, but I had the money and I didn't yeah. want to, you know, go to college and have a hundred thousand dollar debt or something. When I'm like, to me, I'm like, I don't have a thousand bucks and a hundred thousand to me was like, yeah, I'd have been 10 million because I'm like, yeah. how the hell am I going to ever repay that? Yeah. So um, I was like, all right, man, I'm on, I'll join the Marines and uh, and I'll uh, do that. Well, um, I my father came in town. I guess he heard about it and um, he talked me out of it. You know, he served in the military and uh, he, my father was much older when I was born. So, so, you so, still, was, so you still had a relationship with your father? Um, kind not of. Not much, not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, we went a long period of time. We didn't, we didn't speak, but um, he came in town and um. Cause he was, he served in world war two at the very end in the Pacific over there. Okay. And, um, so, um, I didn't know about it until I was much older. He never spoke of it, but, um, yeah. I, I was kind of, I think I was a surprise whenever I was born, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he told me, he's like, he talked me out of it. And I was like, well, you went, he said, no. And, um, I think that's one of the things I regret a little bit. Um, Why? Had it, um, you know, because man, um, I think people, I think people in general, maybe I'm just, maybe I should speak for myself, but I think if you give some public service, you know, in some way, shape or form, I think it makes you appreciate what your have. country and what you have, Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, this country is uh, giving me a lot and yeah. give me mostly opportunities and those opportunities are there because a lot of men and women, you know, paid the, paid the sacrifice so we can have these opportunities. And I've, I've traveled around the world, been to almost 60 countries and there's countries in the world where you don't have these opportunities. Yeah. And so, uh, and there's a reason why we do. So um, I think that's my only regret is I wish I would have, uh, would have got talked out of it and went. Yeah. Did you have aspirations to be like a Navy SEAL or you just want to, you just want to serve? Man, I didn't even know what a Navy SEAL was back then. You know, <laughs> all I knew was like the Marines. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'll be a Marine. Give me, you know, I was a typical 18 year old kid. I'm like, give me the biggest gun you've got and a bunch of bullets and point me in the right direction. And I'll get a couple of them, whoever they are. So. <laughs> Um, I want to ask you, I wrote this question down cause it's curious. I think I find it very, very interesting. You are the most American person I know. Okay. Like out of everyone, <laughs> every, out of everybody I know, and it's not a, it's not derogatory. It's actually, I'm, I'm envious of the level of pride you take in your country, but also the way you carry yourself. Cause it's not, I think it's, it's one, it's one thing to be patriotic and say, I love my country. I love my country and carry on a flag and whatever. But it's another thing to really be able to explain why. And I don't think a lot of people can do that. So anyway, you're the, the most American person I know. And 
when you travel to a place like China, how does that feel for you? Um, you know, that was a great trip. We were there for, I don't know, 10, 11 days. Uh, we went all over, uh, multiple cities and, uh, had some, you know, they love bodybuilding there. Yeah. Some of these seminars we had were, I don't know how many people were there. It was, there were thousand plus people. Yeah. And, um, it was, um, really great warming. Chinese people were awesome. Um, you know, we had, I f- made some friends over there and it was really, uh, really good. Um, the government though, they're not free. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, they control the internet. I mean, they control social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, these things you can't get over there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they monitor every all the web traffic. Uh, you know, I think you got to watch what you say in public on phones, what you yeah. post and these kind of thing. Um, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. Um, that they have that facial recognition technology. Yeah. So, um, you know, you do something wrong in the street, there's a camera and they know who you are cause they got that facial, you know, recognition stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I think they have a social credit score. Like we have a financial credit score in the West. I heard about that. That's yeah. crazy. Like the better it's, stuff you do, the higher you're like, yeah, you know, you take your parents back. to the, see the doctor, it gives you points. Yeah. If, um, you speak bad about the government, it, you lose points. Um, <laughs> you know, and if you fall below a certain point, you can't buy airline tickets. You can't get train tickets. You can't travel. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's kind of crazy, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, you go to a place like that and you realize, you know, that's what I tell people. U.S. has got problems. I'll yeah. be the first to tell you that, right? We got problems, man. Yeah. But when you travel the world and see other places, you should, before anybody starts criticizing what we have here in the States, travel the world and see yeah. how the rest of the world is. Yeah. You come home, you're like, this place ain't so bad. Yeah. Did you so feel that still, way? We still, have, you- we still have civil, civil liberties and civil rights and yeah. a level of freedom that most of the world doesn't enjoy. Yeah. Now, okay. I understand government wise. I mean, that was for sure. I knew you were going to say that, but you love the people, but what about like, how's, how is like American branch doing with like Chinese cuisine? (laughs) (laughs) So Johnny was with me, you know, Johnny Jackson. (laughs) We're both with gas, you know, we've been there for 10 plus years. Yeah. So we went there and, um, I knew the first day we, we arrived in Beijing and, um, we, uh, they picked us up and, uh, I knew we were, they were going to take us to a China, you know, uh, probably take us to a traditional Chinese, you know, place. So, uh, yeah. man, they picked us up and we drove like an hour and a half and we like left the city. Mm-hmm. We're in the woods. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like for real. <laughs> then, yeah. then it turns into like a dirt road. I'm yeah. like, man, what the hell is he? Johnny's looking at me. He's like, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. We pull up to this thing. There's like dogs running around everywhere. It's kind of, it don't look like a restaurant. Yeah. It's dirty. Yeah. One side there's dogs in the restaurant. What the and, fuck? Uh, it smelled, and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm actually, I'm thinking, nope, I'm not eating because I ain't yeah. getting sick. We're going to be here for 11 days, and I don't yeah. want to be a <clears> – Yeah, yeah. And um, so they brought this creature out and put it on the table, and I'm thinking, Giants, look at me. And he's like, yeah, what do you think that is? I'm like, I don't know. I asked him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so they said something in Chinese. I go, man, what's that? And they're like, um you know, goat, goat or sheep or lamb, yeah. I think. They said goat, then they said lamb, I think. Yeah. I'm looking at it, and he's like, you think that's really a lamb? I'm like, I don't know. It might be, it might be Fido, bro. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, you know, it, uh, they had that and had a lot of other stuff. I didn't know what it was. And, did you eat? Did you end up eating? Um, yeah, I did have a little bit. And um, it, uh, it was okay. You know, the, yeah. it was, I think it was, uh, was lamb. But yeah. um, Johnny got sick, man. He, did he uh, really? We were driving, leaving there. We got down the road, and he had, we had to pull over, and he was. Why he did they? 
I don't understand. Why did they take you to such like a shitty place if you guys are the guests from out of town? Well, I mean, it's not shitty to them. They're like, that's what they eat, you know? So it's not. No, no, not the food. Not that the food was shitty, but you're saying it was like kind of a dingy place. Well, yeah, they, like, well, they, they told me, they said, man, they said celebrities come here and all these, you know, famous people or something. I'm looking around going, man, this looks <laughs> like some redneck East Texas shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, um, I don't know, man. It was a, uh, it was different, definitely an experience. And then I think the next day they took us to another place, more of a, more of a traditional plate Chinese uh, restaurant where it's a big round table, yeah. and then there's a circular round thing in the middle that spins, and they just bring all this food and and put yeah. it out there. And yeah. I ordered uh, some chicken and rice. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, all right, I got to eat, man. Where you know, body. One thing you learn when you travel, bodybuilders, no matter where you're at, they all pretty much eat the same. Yeah. We eat chicken, rice, potatoes, yeah. fish oatmeal eggs you know, it's all kind of a no matter where you're from it's kind of a yeah. set set thing yeah well now we're, we're getting we're hungry because you know it's been we gotta have some food man yeah and um i ordered chicken and rice bro they brought me chicken feet a chicken head i think some <laughs> chicken wings it looks like they were chopped up with a cleaver yeah and there wasn't no chicken breast uh, to this day i don't know what they do with the chicken breast and i'm like imagine they throw it away like the most valuable like what I we think is the most them, yeah ask him i said what's up man i go where's the chicken breast like oh no we don't like that part i'm like well where's it at bring it to me i do <laughs> so uh, you know uh, I, it's just it's just a different culture man uh, yeah. i've had a fish they served me a giant fish head it's just the head uh, right head and a tail yeah they and, give it all the meat <laughs> yeah no meat and i'm like i'm like i go man I, I had a i did a seminar i'm like guys i go reason you guys there ain't no great heavyweight Super heavyweight Chinese bodybuilders, you guys don't eat. You're throwing away the Throw best away part. all the meat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to eat the meat, man. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but um, it was good, man. The people were awesome. And yeah. the guys that were with us, um, you know, every uh, every city, uh, especially the guys, I want to say, in um, Shenzhen, our last our last stop. We spent yeah. actually more days there than we did anywhere. Those crew guys were super cool. And uh, we had a lot of fun with them. So let me ask you, you said you went to Europe also. Now, government-wise, how did you feel about being in Europe, did you also feel like you were not, obviously you're going to be happier in America. It's where you live, but did you feel, did you feel like you're being watched? Did you feel like it was like not as free? Uh, no, I think you're free in Europe. I think, uh, I think, you know, London, I, I'm, I'm real big about, I don't think the government needs to watch everything I do. Yeah. If I'm walking down the street and I scratch my nuts, I don't think somebody needs to be watching me on film. Yeah. You know, London has cameras on every freaking street corner. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I personally disagree with that's their country so they can do what they want. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I like the British people. They think probably closer to how the U S yeah. does and any, anywhere else, you know, the people, yeah. uh, that's where my ancestors came from England and from Scotland way yeah. back in the day. And, yeah. um, and the British people think pretty much this have the same kind of attitude as Americans do on most, yeah. most things in life. So um, the government, you know, it's um, apart from the, all the cameras and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's, I got a problem with it. Um, yeah. You know Sweden. Uh, went to Sweden. Went to Denmark. And, isn't um, Sweden? Isn't Sweden like anti bodybuilder? Do you have any trouble there? Never had any problem there. Um, okay. Yes, I know what you're saying. Talking about, uh, yeah. I think they've got some pretty uh, outdated laws. Yeah. And views on some things, but because aren't think, they like if they aren't they don't they think like if you look like you take steroids they can like take you to jail or some shit? They can do that. Yeah. Um, which is, is uh, to, to us being from the U.S. and Canada, yeah. being able to let the, the police being able to take you off the street because how you look is just like. It's insanity, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that I disagree with completely. Yeah, yeah. You can, you shouldn't be able to judge anybody just based on their looks, period. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, they can't do that. Um, but I think it's mostly in the smaller villages and towns. You know, Stockholm, Gothenburg, never had a problem, man. Um, 
guys are cool. Yeah. And um, had all had the cops come and take pictures and want yeah. autographs of most of those guys work out. So it's uh, I've I've been to I can't tell you how many times I've been to Sweden in the past eleven twelve years, but yeah, you know more than I can remember. And I'm actually going back uh, this next week. So um, I want to switch gears a little bit. You said when you hurt yourself. Uh, you asked, you told Trish you wanted to get back to work and she went to make you a plate of food. Uh, to me, when I hear that, I think to myself, it, it seems almost like she's part of the equation. Like without Trish, I don't, would you be still be Branch Warren? No, nah, not, not at the same. Uh, I'll still be me, but I'd be different uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. And having, having a, a wife, a woman in your life that supports you 100%. What makes you talk to the man you would be hundred percent. Um, I believe that with all my heart. Um, yeah. you know, she was pro, she competed, you know, she did well. She got third in Olympia, third in Arnold, um, had a good career in her own right, but, um, she always put me first. So, um, you know, that's the thing. I'm self-centered person. Your microphone's cutting out a little bit. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Okay. I said, that's the thing about being a pro bodybuilder is it makes you a selfish self-centered person. Yeah even if you're not that way naturally, just by the nature of the sport, because yeah. it's all about you. It's about your training, your diet, your tanning, your posing, your you, 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 and you take, take, take all day long. And you don't give back very much because it's such an all encompassing sport and it's a lifestyle. And yeah. so, I mean, how many, how many marriages and relationships have we seen in the sport survive? Yeah. Yeah. Very few. And um, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but um, so to have her being a top athlete herself, and she always put me first. I think that says a lot about her. Yeah. And, um, you know, I took, a, I took way more than I gave for a long time. You know, yeah. now that I'm retired, uh, it's a little, it's different. You know, I realize, and I, the thing is, I realized that I, I, I knew there was times where I'm like, look, I'm like, I even said to her one time, I'm like, yo, why are you doing this? I'm like, I go, you're getting ready for the same show I'm getting ready for. And, you know, she's like, well, I want you to win. And she yeah. says, it makes more sense if, if you win than I do. She says, because, <laughs> you know, men, are compensated better in sports than paid, women are. Yeah. And it ain't, it's not fair, but it's just, that's a reality. And she yeah. goes, you can get 10th place and make more than if I win. She yeah. goes, and she goes, you have all the contracts and all this other stuff. And she goes, so I want you to be successful more than that. She goes, I want you to win. She goes, yeah. I, cause I know that's what you want. And, um, I remember thinking to myself at that time, I'm like, man, I'm a, I, it was, I was so conflicted because I was like, man, I can't believe she said that. And then I remember thinking, man, I'm an asshole yeah. because I take, 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 and I don't get yeah. nothing back. Yeah. And, um, so after that, that, that was a factor too, in me stepping away, retiring, because we had a daughter that, you know, faith was born. And, um, you know, by, when I stepped away from bodybuilding and stopped competing, I became a better father and a better husband yeah. overnight. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so how, um, when did you, okay. So that's pretty substantial, like for her to say those things, but when did you know, when you met her, did you know she was going to be that kind of woman? Because a lot of people meet people that they want to compete. Oh, that girl competes, and I compete. I think it'll be a good match. And usually those things end up, end up being disasters. When I, I met her, she was 19. Um, had, a, had a gym here in Texas um, and, uh, for a number of years. and um, So um, she was a cheerleader, went to North Texas. And uh, that's when they came out with the fitness division. Yeah. So it was pretty new. And so, you know, she wanted to compete in that. So she came to the gym and uh, – it was a slow smoking hot night, you know, and I was 23, 24 mm. and, um, you know, I had my own gym and, uh, one of my guys said, Hey man, you gotta check out this girl. I just came and signed up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in a little bit, I went back and checked her out 
you know, a couple weeks later, I was like, I go, you know, you're going to be my wife one day, right? And she looked at me like I was crazy as hell. And she left the gym, bro. And my buddy was like, oh, that was good. Way to go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Mr. Casanova. Smooth. So, uh, real smooth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, over the next shit, five, six years, six years, I guess, um, we became really good friends. And um, she was on a long trip with me. She'd meet me her, her own Your mic. Your mic again. Your microphone. You hear me? Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Okay. No, so we have gone trips together, and uh, but she never stayed in the room with me. I had to get her her own room, and uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, you guys are going trips together as a couple? Nah, just like as friends, you know. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. You know, I mean, she she used to work at this um when she's going through school. Yeah. She was a waitress at this uh, high end steak place in, in Dallas, and um, I was like, hey, I'll come up. I'm come get you after work. We'll go out. And she's like, all right. So we go out, yeah. but we just go hang out and have fun, but I couldn't yeah. get a good night kiss. Yeah. And, um, uh, so fast. Did forward, she know, did she know you're trying to get a piece? Oh, of course. Yeah. So she was, she was just like, I just want to be, you're in the friend zone. Yeah, of course. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, you know, finally I got mad one time and I was like, I go, what the hell? And, um, she's like, I'm not going to just be one of your girlfriends. And, um, I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? She goes, I ain't stupid. She goes, I, I know what's what you're about and you know, i'm a young bodybuilder yeah. you know single so you know it is what it is were, were you about that at the time oh absolutely <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh okay <laughs> yeah so like i said everything happens for a reason because um had she not been like that man yeah. a good chance we might not have been together right now 100 you know? i agree with you 100 you know, but, but because of that i'll i you know it went from like being she was a super hot girl that i was just wanted so I'm like, I respected her. I'm yeah. like, you know what? This is a, you know, I started looking at her differently. Like, you know what? That's the kind of woman I want to raise my children, have yeah. children with, you know, cause she's got good morals, good values. And, uh, the things not, not just about how you look, that, that stuff ain't important. It's about what's inside and the person you are inside. That's what's really important and what makes you, you know, a good quality person. She had good character and all that. And, um, you know, I started, so I, over time, it, the way I looked at her, it changed. And yeah. I was like, you know what? She's, she's, a, this one's a keeper. And, yeah. um, so eventually, uh, at all, the 2005 Europa, I, um, it was me, uh, first victory, actually. She came to the nationals. She came to the nationals when I won 2001. Yeah. She was there and, um, she competed. She didn't win. Then the next year in Dallas, uh, she competed and I was there. She won, got her pro card. And then, um, fast forward a couple of years at the 2005, uh, Europa in Dallas. Um, she, uh, I'm, I'm walking backstage and she's coming from backstage and she says, Hey, uh, I think you're going to win. I'm like, yeah, I said, I got a good shot tonight. I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. And, uh, she goes, um, good luck. And she kissed me. That was the first time. That was the first time. <laughs> and in the hallway backstage at the, the show. And uh, yeah. I'm like, she, uh, she walks off and I'm speechless. Right. You know, I ain't got nothing to, I ain't came. I'm like, I try to talk. I'm like, can't even yeah. say nothing. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, Oh, way to go, dude. <laughs> so at this point, you know, I'm on the verge of winning my first pro show. Yeah. I don't even care. So You're I'm like, in a different place. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm messaging her, you know, I'm like, Hey, I said, you can go to dinner afterwards, blah, blah, blah. That's all I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah. And, um, uh, so I win the show. Yeah. I can't get out of there soon enough. I'm like trying to message her. And it was like so late that she'd already, you know, went to the house or something. And I'm yeah. like, damn it. And instead of, you know, celebrating and being happy, I just won this show. All I'm thinking yeah. about is this girl. Yeah. So, um, we, uh, that was in August, I believe. And yeah. December that year we were married. Really? Yep. But so, you had such a long courtship 
just without any physical without any physicality. Yeah, and it, uh, it it was a blessing once again because I was when we finally got together. I was just myself. She knew everything about me. Yeah, you know, she knew yeah. the good, the bad, yep. the beautiful, the ugly, all that. That's so, what I mean. Like you guys already yeah. knew each other all the way through. Yeah, and uh, we'd hung out and done so much together that uh, it was just I was just totally the first time I'd been with in a relationship where I felt 100 percent comfortable just everything and um it was just easy you know i, I went to um uh, have a, one of my best friends lives in new york and um i um uh, went up there to see him the first week of uh, december mm. and i had a uh, i got reservations at tavern on the green which was a miracle because it was like a six-month waiting list yeah and uh got this i, I got the able i wanted about a window everything and uh, i proposed to her and uh next day i'm like hey i said so when you want to get married and she goes christmas i go next year she goes no in three weeks <laughs> <laughs> so and that's that sums trish up man she's either you're either in or you're out it's black I was and white say, she's like cold and then all of a sudden like hot yeah. as fuck like that's yeah. it yeah so that's isn't it, it so. isn't it crazy how like for guys or most guys i know anyway if a girl's too easy it's no good and if a girl's too hard it's no good they like have mm-hmm. to walk this line I mean, if a girl's too easy, we'll we'll date them, we'll hang out yeah. with them, whatever. We'll Netflix and fucking whatever. But mm-hmm. if they're too hard and you don't want nothing to do with them, but the one that you the one that you marry always knows how to like walk that line. Hundred percent. They just give yeah. you like a little bit, but they don't fucking they don't make it easy. They make it hard enough to where you respect them. That's, right. that's the that's the key. Because right. you know, if you don't respect them, you're not gonna get serious with them and you're date not them. Stick around. Yeah. So. What's uh, what's life like with a daughter? Man, that's the best thing ever happened to me. It, uh, you know, she was born um, February sixth in two thousand twelve. Uh, three weeks later, I won the Arnold Classic, and that's, a, that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, then I went to Australia. Won went down to Australia the next week, and uh, it was the best month of my life. So yeah. um, she changed everything. You know, the moment she was born, my whole world changed, yeah. and uh, that was the first time I think in my entire career that I thought about somebody else before I thought about myself yeah. and um, it changed everything. So it made me, made me a better, better person. And uh, it's anybody doesn't have kids won't understand that. But yeah. if you do have kids, you know what I'm talking about. I don't understand that. Me and Summer don't have kids, but uh, it's something I'm always thinking about because of that exact feeling that you're talking about. Cause it's just something that everybody I've talked to that has kids says the same thing. It's unconditional love. And, um, I think you can only have that with your, with your children yeah. and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter doesn't what they do, what they say, how they get, that's yeah. your, that's your, that's your flesh and blood. Are you guys going to have any more or just the one? Uh, we'd like to have some more. So yeah. man, we're practicing like some mofos. It just, uh, <laughs> ain't happened yet. <laughs> so let me ask you a more personal question and I, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Is there any struggle that way for you because of bodybuilding or are you guys, I mean, obviously you already had one child, so you're fine, but no, there's been never, never, um, I mean, we never had a problem with that. Uh, no so hopefully, hopefully soon it'll happen again. And, uh, you know, Trisha's not getting any younger, you know, yeah. guys, it didn't really matter, I guess. But, uh, so hopefully here in the next few months, next year, we'll, how old's your daughter? She's seven. That's a long gap between kids. True. Yeah. But, you know, that's something I think looking back on it, we were talking about that the other day. Uh, yeah. It's like, you know, I wish we did just come right ahead and had another one. Yeah. But uh, I was in the you know prime of my career yeah. and I didn't want to take it. You know, you got to take a few months off. But it's OK, because yeah. you got to think of it this way, too, that uh, your first daughter, your first child can help take care of the second child and they'll bond that way. True. 
Like I have a, I have a really close bond with my sister. She's the oldest in our family and she's uh, 13 years older than me, but I have such a close bond with her because she took care of me most of the time when my mom was busy taking care of the other kids. I think when you have a big gap like that, you don't fight as much as is you're closer. You know, if they were a year or two years apart, they're going to fight, you know, so it's just, they're so close, but, um, so hopefully soon we'll, uh, be welcome on a new, a new addition to the family. I hope. Um, I want to try and patch in a third person uh, because I had a little game yesterday, if you don't mind. All right. If you don't mind. I played a little game yesterday, and the people online guessed who was going to be on the show, and I told them whoever guessed uh, could come in and ask you a question or two. All right. Uh, So I'm just going to patch this person in, if you don't mind. Okay. So what's next, Branch? You know what I want to talk to you about before this guy logs on? How are you able to manage your businesses while you've embodied? Because at such a high level, really only you and you and Jay are the only ones. Like you had, you had a trucking business for a little while, didn't you? For 11 years. Yeah, how do you manage to be, uh, you know, you guys drive me crazy. You, you know, Jay is at the top of the game. You're at the top of the game. And you're managing to handle these businesses while you just crush everything. You know, for me, I'm just one of those guys, I got to be busy. If I'm not busy, I don't do well. So, yeah. um, and, you know, bodybuilding, I was fortunate enough to to do really well, have a good career. But, you know, one injury, it's over, right? I mean, yeah. it's any athlete, doesn't matter what sport you are. I mean, yeah. you're driving to the gym and you get a car wreck, it could be over. Yeah. And what are you going to do? You know, so uh, unfortunately, even if you're a top, you know, top pro, you can make, you can do well, but it's not like you're making baseball or football money, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're not making 20 million, 10 million a year, five million a year, some crazy stuff, you know? So, uh, you know, when bodybuilding's over, you're going to, it's going to be over. You're going to be at a relative, still relatively young. You've yeah. got a whole lot of living left to do. So, uh, you know, for me and because of the way I grew up in my background, I never was confident putting all my eggs in one basket, especially with just bodybuilding because I knew that, I had a finite period of time and yeah. my career was going to be over. Yeah. So um, that's why I always had another business. I had a gym when I was younger. And then when me and Trish got married, uh, she worked for a freight forwarding company, logistics yeah. company. And um, yeah. so I knew some, I had a, two of my really good friends owned a, a company like that. And so I was pretty familiar with it. And um, she yeah. did sales. So I opened, got the company started. She did the sales and we just took off from there. And it was a, it was a blessing because then what it enabled to do, the business took off. Yeah when the, within the first year yeah. and that paid our bills. Yeah. So all my money I made from bodybuilding, we just saved and that's a good feeling, you know, and especially yeah. when you you compete for you know 15 years and you're done and you're like, okay, I got something to show for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So what now? So the trucking company you sold and then now wicked cuts is your main wicked focus. Cuts, yeah. We started that me and Scott James, my partner, um, we got, we started that we've been open for 14, 15 months now. How are you guys doing? Working doing really well. It's, uh, it's really taken off. You know, we started off the first year doing direct consumer, a few select retailers, you know, like people we knew, uh, this year we're really opening up and going, uh, going big, you know, we have pilot flying J the truck stops. We just got into there. Yeah. Uh, We've got a couple others that we just got into. I can't announce yet. Uh, but we'll be announcing within the next month or two, do national accounts. And, um, it's going really well. I think we're, we're fixing to get some overseas accounts 
yeah. we're fixing to start distributing too. So we just did the deal. And um, it's really starting to book for it. And uh, you told me three years ago I was going to be selling beef jerky. I'd have laughed at you. <laughs> but uh, it's a, you know, it's a, actually from my background and what I do, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Scott pitched it to me. And um, so I thought about it and I was like, you know what? It's cool because it's still, yeah, it's, have, you know, beef sticks and stuff that have 15, 16 grams of protein yeah. that are a perfect fit for bodybuilding and fitness, yeah. you know, but we have other flavors and in general that mass market. Yeah. So, you know, with bodybuilding supplements and things like that, you got this little bitty sliver of the yeah. population you're marketing towards. And there's like a thousand companies literally that are yeah. fighting for this little, little scrap yeah. uh, with beef jerky, pretty much everybody. It's not a vegan. That's right. right? We have beef jerky, turkey jerky, bacon jerky, and we have some other stuff in the pipeline we're coming out with. So, um, it's been, um, I liked it because I can still market towards our people, but yeah. then I can market to everybody else too. Yeah. And, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a challenge learning something new, but I'm always up for a challenge. Hey, can I ask you when you go hunting, do you take, does Trish ever go with you hunting? Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does if she Trish will go? If Trish can, if Trish can take a shower every night and have a bed to sleep in, she's in. <laughs> if she can't take a shower and have a bed, she's out. So Trish so. is out there. Trish is out there with a rifle, yeah, killing, killing shit, right? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty awesome, man. So I took her to uh, Wyoming a few years back, and uh, yeah, she uh, she killed a big mule deer and made like a three hundred, almost a three hundred yard shot on it. Holy dropped shit! Dropped it, and uh, yeah, she can shoot. Once uh, you know, we got together. That's one of the first things I did was teach her how to shoot. And um, you know, once she got over a. Uh, the, you know, the, the sound and the concussion and all that, and the, the kick and realize, okay, this won't hurt me. I'm in control of it. Yeah. And she, she can shoot really good. Actually. That's pretty awesome. Um, I think we have our guest, uh, just logged on Dan. Is that you, Dan? You can hear us. Yeah. How's it going? Bob? Good, man. Uh, I got branch with me. And since you won our little contest yesterday, yep. uh, I wanted to let you go ahead and ask branch or me or whoever you want to ask. Uh, one or two questions just as your prize for winning. Okay. Um, well, for Branch first, um, the training intensity. Um, what we see is always so much, you know, filmed in and like it's like a snapshot. Was it like that every day? Hey, Dan. Well, nice to meet you, brother. And uh, thanks for coming on. As far as my trans testing, man, that's how, that you, what you see is what you get. It's that way every day. Uh, if you don't believe me, you can ask Johnny. You go to go to Metroflex one day down in Arlington, ask Brian and all the guys in there. It was that the way every day. You know, there was a – we used to laugh because after a show, we'd always say, all right, man, we're going to cut it back a little bit yeah. and uh, go easy for a couple of weeks. Never happened. And, yeah. um, you know, there was days we came in and said, hey, man, I'm going to take it easy today. Well, two exercises into the workout, we're going balls to the wall. And uh, so what we started doing was – you know, if we were going to take a little downtime, we just wouldn't train together. And uh, that would be the only way that we'd ever have any, you know, downtime and cut it back. Uh, hey, let me, let me ask you a question about that, Branch. Did you – when were your off days? Did you train five days a week or four days a week? Uh, five days a week. We took off Wednesdays and uh, Sundays. Okay. Okay. So you know, what, we, were, we, what were the – sorry, this is actually kind of important to me. What were the – where did you put your heaviest days, like your leg day and your back day? Chest, chest was Monday. Leg days was Tuesday. I took off Wednesday because legs is the hardest. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll do back on Thursday because I had a day off to rest and uh, recover. I'll do back on Thursday. Friday was shoulders and yeah. Saturday was arms because, you know, we travel a lot in the off season and I'm 
doing appearances, guest posing, which is mostly on the weekends. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're at, you can train, find a gym to train arms. Didn't you ever feel like um, your legs and back were too close together? Not really. No, I um, didn't bother you. Didn't bother me. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I wanted to, we want to train legs early in the week, you know, Tuesday, um, you know, because that was a priority for Johnny. And, um, you know, me was my upper body, so I want to train chest and everything on Mondays. And then, um, you know, back was his strong point. That was the area I had to bring up. Yeah. So um, it just uh, it just worked. Did you ever so. deadlift? We I never saw a lot of videos of you deadlifting. <laughs> Dude, I deadlifted so much I can't even remember. Why isn't there any videos? I see videos of you squatting. I see because videos of most, you most of those videos were shot real close to contest. Oh, and okay. as we got closer to the contest, we didn't deadlift. Oh, okay, so. okay, okay. Sorry, Dan. I kept I asked like five questions in your time. In your time, oh, that was great. Man. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Answer man. Really well. Um, and then the other thing is eating in the off season. Obviously, now I'm off season, so I've got that kind of question. But um, were there days that like you know, for me, it's allergies. My allergies act up, and I just have a really hard time getting the food down. Was it always easy for you, or did you have a harder time? Eating, uh, I have a big appetite, so uh, I like to eat. You know, that's the thing about when I got married to Trish. She likes to cook. I like to eat. So I was like, man, this is going to be all right. And, uh, you know, to, to grow, you got to eat. So um, is it hard? Yeah, there was times, even though I like to eat, when I, especially when I was younger and I was really trying to grow and pack on the size, you know, I had to force myself to eat. I remember staying up to like 12, 1 o'clock at night to get all my food in. And uh, I remember I was so determined, though. I was like, if I had six meals to eat or seven meals to eat, I was going to do it no matter what it took. So uh, I would step at night. I remember sitting on the couch with my food. I'd take a bite, chew it up, get some water, swallow it, get another bite. And it might take me 45 minutes or an hour to finish that last meal, but I did it every time because it's like if I didn't do it, somebody else was going to do it, and I didn't want to get beat because this guy wanted it more than I did. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it, bodybuilding, like I explained to you this way, it's a lifestyle, and – you're pretty much going to be miserable most of the time, brother. If you really, if you, if you have dreams of being a world champion, because in the off season, you're going to have to eat and eat so much that you're going to be miserable and you have to train balls to the wall. Then pre-contest comes around. You're going to be starving because you're on that pre-contest diet and you're doing cardio and you're still, you're training at even higher intensity. So life, you're going to be miserable a good portion of the time, but if you can come to embrace it and love it, then that's the funnest thing in, in the world. I loved it. it. In the beginning, it was hard, but then I came to embrace the whole process and uh, it became a, a personal thing, a challenge where I could push myself, you know, to be better and better. And I uh, enjoyed it. You enjoyed to learn the process. So it's not a, it's still the hardest thing to overdo, but I came to embrace it and I loved it. Yeah. I, th I think um, I was up last night till, just like you said, I was up last night till one in the morning trying to get in my last meal. And I think people just forget People sometimes see the videos of us eating or they see the videos of us training and they, they don't realize that we're struggling the same way you guys are. It's not like I've never had a full off season where I'm like, oh, this is a breeze. It's not. It's like you're, you're stuffed, you're nauseous, you're bloated. You're like, I don't want to eat again. I'm like, I literally could wait till tomorrow and just be done eating. But you, you can't do it that way, man. It just doesn't work. So it, it's like Branch said, he's 100% right. There's not very many times where you're happy, but the way I found my happiness was when I do get those meals in, I feel accomplished. So it's almost like instead of using the word happiness, it's a word accomplishment. Because every time you go into the gym and you have a workout in mind and you crush it and you really leave everything there, you get that sense of accomplishment. It's like that instant gratification of 
I just crushed that leg workout. I couldn't have, I couldn't have done another rep or I got all seven meals in today. I almost barfed three times, but I did it. It's like, it's all about like a sense of accomplishment every single day. And you just day after day after day until you nail the whole off season kind of thing. Right. So that is absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, when I would, I'd get all that food in every day and those days when I struggled and it was, uh, there was more days than I could remember when I did it, I was like, I got it in, man. They yeah. scratch one day off the, off the list. And, um, it's, a uh, and that, that, that didn't motivate me. I'm like, I did it yesterday. I did it the day before I did it the week before I'm gonna do it today. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna not do it. And, um, that's how champions are made. That's what I, I kind of tell people. You have to stop thinking of the off season as like a six month thing. Just think of a meal at a, one meal at a time, one day at a time. Okay. Today I'm going to get in six meals. These are my meals. Once you nail them, you have a sense of pride and then you want to feel that pride again. I don't like feeling guilt. I don't know how branch feels, but if I miss a meal, I feel guilty and I don't want to feel that guilt. So I, res- I would rather feel the pride of knowing I did what I said I was going to do. So that's what kept me fueled through an entire off season is I want to feel that way every night when I go to bed. Okay. I did everything I was supposed to do today. Check. Let's start tomorrow. The same way. It's just very, very small goals lead to like that ultimate goal that you're looking at down the road. So you have any other questions before we let you go for the day? That was great. Thank you, phone. Okay, okay, man. I appreciate <laughs> Appreciate you logging on, man. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. One question for you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. How long did you work with Chad Nichols? He's currently coaching me. Uh, I worked with Chad from 2005 to 2008, I believe. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, I got my pro card with him, and I got my first Olympia qualification with him. Okay. And the only reason I left Chad is not because I didn't think he was good enough. By the time I had reached the Olympia level, Chad had, like, every pro on his roster. And I was probably on the bottom of that totem pole. And I just, I kind of needed a little more attention. That was all. It wasn't a matter of how smart he is or anything like that. So you're definitely in good hands, man. Chad's a genius. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you very much for logging on. Thank you. All right, man. You have a good day. You too. Okay. All right, man. Thank you for that, Branch. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, So what's going on now? What's next? You're just Wicked Cuts. Is there any other businesses on the horizon? Uh, Wicked Cuts is uh, you know my main main focus right now. Um, of course, I've got uh, my show coming up in Dallas, October twenty sixth, Texas Legends. Yeah. So it's a show expo. We have multiple events. You know, we have jujitsu, CrossFit, powerlifting, all the as well as the NPC show with all the all the yeah. divisions. Yeah. So uh, for information, go to www.metroflexevents.com yeah. and click on the link to Texas Legends, or you can go to my my page, thebranchone.com, and there's a link to it. Um, Beyond the end, we got all kinds of stuff, man. I've got, of course, I've got gas I'm still, still with, going on 11, 12 years now. I've got my clothing yeah. line through them. Uh, yeah. We got some cool signature stuff coming out here at the for the fall, the winter. And um, what else we got going on? Of course, Cage Muscle. I uh, just yeah. did, a, did a page takeover for them all day yesterday. Okay. And, uh, all kinds of stuff. So I've got uh, got some cool stuff going on with those guys over there. And then um, what else? Um, Wiki Cuts, we've got... Uh, some cool products I mentioned earlier. We've got a new new product coming out, uh, a Carolina Reaper. So it's uh, what's that? It's gonna be super hot, brother. Like, like hot as in spicy as fuck, or hot as in like super awesome. Make you sweat, bro, when you eat it. So <laughs> I already sweat when I eat anything, so, anyway. So don't <laughs> I do too. So uh, yeah, it's actually I don't like spicy food because you know as a bodybuilder, I don't know about you, but I eat, eat pretty bland most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
so but there's a lot of people that like spicy food my wife being one of them yeah and um so you know we have a volcanic jalapeno which is really hot okay. but there was actually crazy people out there that said it wasn't hot enough so <laughs> we got something for them all right cool listen i had a million questions look these are all the questions i had i had all these questions written down i think we covered some of them just organically just talking but i had some quick hit quick hitter questions i wanted to ask you uh before you go so because uh, hopefully you'll come on again another time because we can get through more of these questions. I actually have but um, all right, let's get through, so, through some of the quick ones. So for those of you guys who don't know at the Arnold classic, uh, all the athletes stay in the double tree hotel, the Hilton double tree. And they always have these uh, cookies when you come in and they always have them at the desk and all this shit. So that now, you know, the backstory. So branch after you win an Olympia, how many double tree cookies are you eating? Man, when I was in China, we stayed at the Double Tree, and I killed me some. I killed some cookies in China, brother. <laughs> I went down to the desk, and I got a whole handful more. And took them back to the room. <laughs> I think. I think because of that very reason. Because when I would, I would check in, they would go to your room, and they had these hot chocolate yeah. chip cookies. Yeah. I don't have a sweet tooth, but the yeah. one thing in life I love is like hot, still moist chocolate chip cookies yeah. i'll get so mad i'll throw them down the hallway because <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't have them so um i was in china we stayed at the double tree and they had them in the room and i'm like they were just they were hot still warm yeah. and i ate one i was like i'm getting some more all the beers yeah. i didn't get to have none that's I right i got a whole handful yeah man you deserve I, it i remember how that was fucking torture those fucking ch- you yeah, come in oh. you come into the fucking hotel you're starving you're on this strict carb load program and they're like, do you want some cookies? And I'm like, get that fucking shit out of my face, man. I can't. I, one year I did, I took them. I was so mad. I got in there and I smelt it as soon as you, cause you're, I think yeah. your, your smell gets heightened or something yeah. when you're dieting. Yeah. And I, I could smell it as soon as I walked in the room. Yeah. I got so irritated. I was starving. And, um, I walked over there and I grabbed it, opened the door and I just <laughs> flung it down the hallway and slammed the door. And <laughs> Trish just looked at me and shook her head. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. What uh, is your favorite movie? Uh, Braveheart. Yeah, I could see that being your. I was. I thought you were gonna say. Uh, I thought you were gonna say. What's that movie? American Sniper. No. Yeah, Chris Kyle and all that. Or yeah, Lone Survivor. Thought, Lone Survivor. That movie. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say that movie, but okay. Um, Those are both Texas boys. Yeah. So, what's the uh, lift you're most proud of? Do you have a lift that you're like a, like do you deadlift one day or squat one day when you're like, that's just stuck out in your mind? Uh, golly, I'm trying to think. That's a good question. Um, well, I don't want to ask you how much you bench cause it's just stupid as shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but everybody, I think every bodybuilder has a day where they lifted and they were like, that was a good fucking lift. Man, you probably I think, have, you probably I, I think have a one that sticks out is probably a leg workout I had. Yeah. And then, um, back in maybe, I think it was 2011, maybe. Yeah. 2010, 2011. Yeah. And, um, it was, um, see, I've got a thing when I train, like I never sit down, right? If I sit down, it's just to wrap my knees or something. I'm mm-hmm. back up. I never sit down, never lay down. I, it's just a pride thing, I guess. And, um, yeah. man, we, uh, we trained and it was in the summertime and I'm, I'm going to say it was about 110 yeah. outside. And so that means it was triple digits inside the gym because there was yeah. no AC. Yeah. And, um, we were training for the Olympia and, um, I, uh, it was on one of these crazy ass workouts that, uh, actually Brian, was uh, putting us through yeah. and we started with leg extensions, 50 reps, who said with squats, 10 reps, and it went back and forth, right? 10 <laughs> sets of this shit. The last set is like, I got to do like the stack of an extension for like 20, 25 reps and then 10 reps of 500 pounds on the squat. 
I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah. Right. So and we've been doing this. We've been doing the same workout for a few weeks now and building up to it. Yeah. And so that day it's like, I remember I did it. Right. And I didn't do it, but I actually did more reps because I was a fucking, you know, psycho crazy yeah. maniac. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I did the squats and instead of doing 10, I think I did like 11 or 12. And, um, then we did half squats and we outside did lunges in the fucking heat, all this crazy shit. And, um, then hamstrings. And I remember that's the only time that I can remember my entire career. I like laid down afterwards. Yeah. I had taken my shirt off. All I had on was a pair of shorts, and my boots, and I lost like six, seven pounds of water that workout. Yeah. yeah. But only, not only did I, and, and we've been doing that workout for several weeks. And, you know, if you start doing something like that, at first it kills you. Then if you do it every week, you get better at it. Yeah. And now I remember I liked it. Not only did I do it, everything, but I exceeded yeah. everything because Brian was the best, the best motivator ever. Yeah. And he would set the bar and possibly high for you. Yeah. And, um, I remember laying down, I laid down on that nasty ass floor in the gym, which I've never done before since. <laughs> and, uh, but I didn't care. It's like, it's like, you know, there's a saying, you know, I, I just lay, it's like laying totally exhausted after the battle. And yeah. I laid there and I remember thinking, I felt like shit. I want to throw up. I yeah. didn't. I don't know how I kept, I kept swallowing it and holding it down because yeah. I hate fucking throwing up. Yeah, I know. And But you're laying there and you're in agony, but at the same time, it's like bliss. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I fucking did it. And uh, yeah. I did, I did it, but I fucking did better than I exceeded it. So uh, That's the feeling I was trying to tell that kid. That's exactly what I was talking about. You, when you do, that's, people always wonder what keeps us going. And that exactly what you just described is what keeps me going anyway. Like, that feeling where you're in so much pain, but it's also like the it's most, pl- yeah, the most pleasure you know, you've ever felt. Like, like, like me and Johnny used to say, yeah. you know, we'd be doing some crazy set, like a drop set or something, you know, on heavy weight and all this shit. Yeah. You know, you get that in super intense burn. Yeah. It's so, it hurts so fucking bad. You want to quit, but you don't. Yeah. And you just keep going. And if you can push through it and you stop, you get this feeling, right? It's yeah. like warm feeling that goes through your body. Yeah. yeah. And like, like Johnny used to say, he said, it's almost as good as a, almost, it feels almost as good as a nice piece of ass. <laughs> yeah. I was like, almost, <laughs> almost, almost. No, but it's the interesting, the most interesting part about that is a lot of people won't know what we're talking about because you have to go to such a place of extreme pain yes. before you reach what you're talking about. I call it breaking through the wall because there's yeah. a wall yeah. and you know what I'm talking about. Cause I know yeah. you train like a madman, yeah. but if you push yourself and push yourself and that pain builds and builds and builds. And it's like you can barely move. You can barely do another rep. But if you can mentally push yourself through that yeah. and you break through that wall, then you get to this like euphoric state. Yeah. And um, it's, it's incredible. And now yeah. it takes a huge amount of effort to do that. And every time you break through it, that wall gets raised even higher. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to push even harder to get through that wall. Yeah. And, um, but when you do it, like I said, it's almost as good as sex. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um. All right. So, well, we already covered that. Well, actually, we didn't really cover this one. We kind of did. Just give me a yes or no answer. Do you think you beat Jay or no? Yes. Okay. Um. Your favorite car you've owned? Because I know you've owned some big ass trucks and shit, which I really like. I think the first. I think the reason I got my first big truck because I've owned like four. The first, re- the reason I got my first big truck was I saw your F two fifty in one of the videos. My f- my favorite, I had two f- two trucks. I'll give you. I, I couldn't tell you which one I like better. I had an F two fifty black yeah. Ford. I lifted it. Had thirty sevens on it. Yeah. Worked the engine, suspension, everything, yeah. and I could put in four wheel drive and smoke all four, yeah. four tires. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I love that truck. Why I got rid of it, I have no idea. 
Yeah. The second one had a Hummer an H2. I did the yeah. same thing too. Yeah. And uh, it was lifted, had 37s on it, um, tricked out, altered yeah. the engine, souped up. And yeah. um, I, I kick myself every day for getting rid of it. I don't think people know you're a car guy. What do you own right now? What cars do you own right now? Uh, right now, I don't have a lot. I just, uh, my wife has a BMW X5. I've got a Dodge F250 diesel. Okay. Mega cab. And, um, nothing, done, nothing, nothing done to it. Nothing done to it. Just stock. Okay. And, yeah. uh, I put, you know, put some 35s on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Cause, and, um, then I just, I had a, had a 750 BMW I just got rid of. So I haven't decided what I'm going to get right now. So, yeah, cool. Um, and obviously I have to ask you this question. What's the favorite, your favorite gun you've owned? Not that I would know, but I just, uh, you know, I'll probably say, uh, wow. That's a, it's kind of changed a little bit over the years, but, uh, I think right now my favorite gun, I've got a Falcor defense, uh, 300 Magnum Petra. It's an AR based yeah. on an AR platform, but it's a 300 Magnum. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's got a, uh, Draco's barrel on it. So, AR automatics are inherently less accurate than bolt guns. Yeah. But with this particular one, it's a, it'll, it'll stand up and I'll put it up against any bolt gun made accuracy wise. And I've, um, I've hit targets out to 1500 yards with it. Are you serious? So. 1500 fucking yards. Yeah. Wow, man. Uh, that's a, that's a hobby I've always wanted to get no, I'm into. Not, I'm not, I'm not an expert shot by no means, yeah. but I do like to shoot and I, I shoot quite a bit, but, uh, yeah. it's, uh, I just like, it's just fun. So, yeah. You know, All right, well, long range shooting. If you see something out there almost a mile away, you, you almost can't, you got to have an optic to see it. And then, you know, knowing the math, calculating the math and the windage and all that, it's a numbers game. And then the skill comes in. Can you hold steady enough to actually hit it? So. Yeah. I have one more question for you. And I, don't, I feel like I can ask you this now because we're friends and just answer me honestly. Okay. Do you think, I beat you at the 2014 Europa. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised me. I thought you were going to ask something else. Um, no. What did you think I was going to ask? <laughs> I thought I was going to get hit with some politics. <laughs> no, I'm going to save that for the next. I'll save that for the next. I had a whole bunch of those too, but I'm going to save them for the next fucking podcast. Do you think I beat you or no? No? No. I was fucking right there, though. You man. were close. You were real close. You know, Ossie, that that was one of your best all-time conditions. You know how and, bad uh, I th- I threw up like four times before prejudging. Oh, uh, did you really? And I threw up the day be- because I had food poisoning from the day before. Uh, I packed my chicken. I was being I was being lazy. I threw my chicken and rice in the same container, and I went. Uh, I forget what I did. I I packed a whole bunch of rice, and I just threw one chicken breast in there. I don't think I put it on ice. And for some reason, I took the chicken breast out, and then I was eating the rice a different day, but I think because it had the bacteria from the chicken on it. Yeah, that's all I took. Yeah, so I think I puked out all my water. I'm sure. And I, it, was so, <laughs> it was flat, yeah. I was, well, pre-judging, I wasn't bad. By the night show, I had flattened right the fuck out. Yeah. But I thought people were, like, telling me, they're like, I think you got him. And I'm like, I'm not going to be Branch. They're like, no, I think you got him. You're fucking shredded. I'm like okay and then they had me in the middle of the call out and i'm like is this gonna fucking happen and then it didn't happen and then i looked at photos after and i was like okay i i, I conceded the the loss because you just had so much more muscle yeah your conditioning like i said was great uh, going yeah. into the show i thought it's gonna be me and johnny yeah. uh, going into the show because you know we trained together i knew how what he looked like yeah. and i was like all right man that's gonna be that's who i'm gonna have to battle yeah. and then backstage i remember i remember that pumping up back there yeah. And uh, off to the right, stage of the right side of the stage, 
I look, you know, you always look around, kind of, you know, engage everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck, man, food that looks good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then as I, I, so I started watching you, and uh, I mean, you turn around and you, I was looking at you from the rear, and I was like, man, this might be the best I've seen him. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, this, this is gonna be the battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a good. One. That's that's what that's the battle that developed on stage. So. Yeah, it was a good one. I was. That's actually one of my uh, most proud moments because I've always, you know, I mean, I always kind of like looked up to you and where you've gone and stuff. So you know, there's that one, and then I, uh, I took second to Victor Martinez the year before, mm-hmm. and Victor was also another guy I kind of looked up to. So I was like, okay, this is, but I kept on getting those fucking second places to the guys who were just one step ahead. So. Anyway, I always want to ask you that because I never knew because Dennis James beat me in 2009 and he was, you know, was, I think it was his last year he retired right after that and he was on his way out and he actually admitted to me at the Arnold's the following year. I met him at the expo. I think we were talking and he actually said to me, he goes, I think you beat me at that show. Yeah, Dennis is cool like that. He's, yeah. uh, he'll shoot you straight. And uh, that's, you know, we, we've talked about stuff like that before and even Dexter, me and Dexter have talked yeah. and uh, he made a, an admission to me. It's like that one time. What admission and, uh, did he make? Uh, he, he told me uh, it's a 2006 Arnold, man. Yeah. He, said, uh, he goes, bro, he goes, you should have beat me. And um, you, you, took I, sec- you took second that year? Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I'll see. That's not, that's not a show. I look back and say, damn, man, I should have I should have yeah. won or something. I was good with it, you know, I think because that's the first time I did really well at a at a big show. Yeah. And um, I, he'd already won the Arnold. So um, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, you always want to win, but I wasn't like, fucking back in my room going nuts you know because i yeah, lost yeah, everything yeah. yeah and uh but uh that was pretty cool for him to, him to yeah. say that um the uh i'm looking back at the back to the europa um your condition was right there i think yeah. the only reason i got you was just, i was just thicker a little, a little more. I, I i had no fullness so, whatsoever and i think uh, even if even if i was maxed out you just carried a lot more muscle than i did so so but anyway condition wise yeah it was a toss-up yeah. but uh i think you know just because i'm pretty uh I'm very real with myself, and um, you know, after the show, I looked at it and I was like, I remember looking at, it, I was like, I got beat him because I'm just thicker than him. Yeah, yeah. you know, that was yeah. it. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. Um, okay, so we've been on for a while. I want to say thank you for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate it. But I do have a ton more questions, so if you don't mind, man, I'll like down the road, I'll hit you up yeah. and we'll do another one. Absolutely. Let me know when. I'll be. I'd love to come back on. Okay, Branch. I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Say hello to your beautiful wife. I will, brother. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.